Tonight, Ghana facing cocoa export ban due to destruction of forests by illegal miners. With new European Union law set to be fully enforced, which will make it impossible for cocoa to be sold in Europe unless supplier certifies that the produce does not come from a deforested land. We hear from the German ambassador to Ghana. I hope this government will live up to, to, to its own, uh, own aims in this regard. You, you, you said it is illegal mining, so if it's illegal, then it shouldn't take place. Plus, embattled former environment minister, Professor Kwabana Frimpom Boateng, receives full endorsement of the German government. And I'm very happy that uh, Professor Frimpom Boateng, uh, a known fighter for uh, and environmental protection in this country. I believe strongly that uh, he is a very, very important role model for all young Ghanaians. Uh. And have you planted your tree yet? All the latest from the Green Ghana Day. And top stories are always brought to you by Vodafone. Now, Ghana is tonight facing a cocoa export ban due to destruction of forests by illegal miners with new European Union law set to be fully enforced, which will make it impossible for cocoa to be sold in Europe unless suppliers certify that the produce does not come from a deforested land. Now, speaking after a tree planting ceremony at the German Embassy Gardens earlier today, the German ambassador to Ghana, Daniel Crow, said illegal mining should not be allowed to prevail. He's asking government to live up to the expectation and tackle the menace. EU regulations on, on forestry and deforestation being discussed a lot in the cocoa sector. And I understand there, is, uh, there are some areas um, that might be affected and might to have uh, to, to, to find an, an answer to that. But I mean, that's, that's the, the idea of the re, um, this uh, regulation to try to have an impact on 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 uh, on on the deforestation which we need to stop i mean it's not enough to plant trees we need both we need planting trees uh, identifying areas for forestry not only uh, on the countryside but also in the urban areas uh, very very important for recreational areas as uh, mentioned by by prof earlier and uh, so we need these designated areas for, for forestation and we need this uh, uh, action against deforestation. And I hope this government will live up to, to, to its own, uh, own aims in this regard. You, you, you said it is illegal mining. So if it's illegal, then it shouldn't take place. So uh, in, a, in a country uh, that is based on rule like Ghana, then illegal activities should be, uh, should be, should be stopped. The challenges of climate change are putting a lot of pressure on all countries, on all people, on all governments around the world. And I'm not hiding the fact that uh, even though Germany has very ambitious uh, objectives and aims, we are by no means the ones who are always uh, reaching at the, at the objectives we have set ourselves. So I think it is important to, to set uh, ambitious uh, aims and objectives. Uh, but that also uh, might uh, include the possibility of failure. But at least we have to try hard. Time is running short for all of us on this uh, beautiful planet. Um, as I said, we have uh, 
uh, challenges in Europe. Um, Europe has been one of the major contributors to the uh, emissions, um, of course, with others. Um, so we have to, to of course, uh, uh, take the, the largest burden. In, in this context, um, there are, of course, also very challenges, uh, very many challenges in Ghana. We are offering our support in, in the framework of our development cooperation. And um, we hope that Ghana will live up to, to, to its own objectives. Well, our diplomatic affairs uh, a correspondent was there for us and blessed is with me in the studio. Uh, you are the German and Bazi today. They're taking this very seriously. I'm talking about the Green Ghana Day. Did you Precisely. explain why this is very important? They have the big, big event, mm. plant, planted their trees, but also made some pronouncements. Okay, Evans, we need to lay the background. The fact that uh, these are diplomats, so by international convention, they are not expected to participate or interfere in any domestic matters, i.e. matters happening in Ghana. But based on an invitation from the host country, and in this case the Republic of Ghana, uh, diplomats can participate in any uh, domestic affair. And in the case of the Green Ghana Days, the reason for which um, the German government, by extension the uh, embassy represented here in Ghana, decided to participate in the Green Ghana Day. The ambassador, Daniel Crow explains that the president of the republic extended an invitation to the diplomatic community uh, to participate in this green ghana day and the explanation is that it's in line basically with international convention talk about the un sdgs and uh, some of the international conventions that we've uh, we're signatory uh, to so based on this whole push for climate tackling issues around climate change uh, which is also a priority for the german government uh, they believe that it will be symbolic if the German government also reciprocates that by hosting some Ghanaian officials and jointly carrying out an exercise to plant at least a tree today uh, in fulfillment or in honor of the invitation that the president has extended. And then more substantively, it talks about this new European Union law that will make it impossible for us to export our cocoa to Europe. Mm-hmm if it is established, that is coming from a deforested area. Explain that. And in fact, we, we need to point out that here on, uh, I mean, on the Joy News platform, we've uh, reported the high-level visit by uh, the German Minister for Economic Cooperation, together with the Labour Minister, uh, who were accompanied by the ILO President. You recall, Evans, that the uh, then uh, now, I mean, Lance and Natural Resources, who was then acting as the Trades Minister, Samuel Abujinapo, uh, met together with the, I think, the gender ministry was also involved in that uh, negotiation where talks went on between uh, the German side and the Ghanaian side on how um, the produce coming into the European market could be sanitized. And that's why we're bringing in, for instance, the ILO to deal with the aspects of child labor and then the need to work with uh, the existing institutions to tackle uh, issues bordering on uh, the deforested land. Because per this new EU regulation, 
you will not be allowed to bring a produce into uh, the European market if the land on which you're uh, producing the cocoa has been deforested or has led to deforestation. So it's not necessarily, and we, we need to clarify that, Evans, that it's not the Europeans or, by extension, the, the German government that is stopping the cocoa from entering the market. But giving our heightened level of galamse as we call it yeah. or illegal mining you may not meet the requirements the new standard that's been set in the european market a reason for which uh, we may fail to make it and that's our main cash crop so that's likely to also affect our forex yeah and, and uh, it also will affect stuff like soy beef mm-hmm. palm oil right um wood cocoa which mm-hmm. obviously is a key thing yeah. uh, coffee rubber charcoal <laughs> as well <laughs> Uh, far-reaching, far-reaching, yeah, far-reaching yes. uh, derived by products including leather, chocolate, and furniture. So even when we process it locally, <laughs> we would we'll struggle to yeah. export it if it is determined mm-hmm. that it's coming from a deforested area. And and as we know, as we mentioned, we, Ghana is battling with illegal mining, which is which is key. And talking about illegal mining, the German embassy at the ceremony made it a, a point to invite Professor Frimpong Bating. We know he's in battle because he's been. He's under arrest currently. He spoke yes. to us extensively about, about that. He believes he's been victimized. Mm-hmm. But he was there. And the German ambassador made it a point to give him his full endorsement. There's a background also to that story, Evans. Uh, you know Professor Frimpon Watting traditionally is not someone who's uh, an, an expert in the extractive sector. His background uh, is in science. And it's because the German government gave him the opportunity to train in Germany during his heydays. And so uh, you know of that historic moment, of course, the reason why we all celebrating him uh, to, to be a hat surgeon, one of the uh, very first, not one of the very first, in fact, the first African uh, to perform that exercise in 1992 and subsequent to that he's used all the funding he's raised during his lifetime working in germany bringing it back home to establish the cardiothoracic center and it's the reason for which he's been celebrated he's been celebrated he's been awarded for that and there is evidence to point to the fact that even within his professional community the ghana medical association and all those who matter they celebrate him for what he has done in contributing to ghana's development and this has been made possible by the german government Mm. And, and it's the reason for which now that he's come back home to serve his country, uh, the German government believes that it's now time to honor him. If indeed we're talking about the contribution to the fight against illegal mining, tackling climate change, Professor Frimpong Boateng cannot be left out of the equation. There's planting trees and there's also deforestation. We also need to join forces in, in fighting um, deforestation in the country and uh, to preserve the natural reserves of uh, any country. In this context, I'm very happy. Um, that uh, a very eminent person of this country um, accepted my invitation to join me here today. And I'm very happy that uh, Professor Frimpan Boateng, uh, a known fighter for uh, en- environmental protection in this country, is joining me here today. And there's another reason I'm very happy uh, that uh, Professor Frimpan Boateng is here with us today. And that is because I believe strongly that uh, um, he is a very, very important role model for all young Ghanaians. Um, the other day I was uh, at Kumasi at KUST University and I was asked, you know, what, who, whom can you think of when you, when you um, um, would like to suggest a, a role model for Ghanaians? And um, 
I think Professor Frampan Boateng is certainly uh, one of them. And um, the reason why I do think that is because um, um, all his achievements in his uh, lifetime were uh, merit-based and based on his um, own uh, competences and uh, willingness. So it's about being ambitious and work hard to make your ambitions, ambitions come true and reality. And I, th with this, I would like to encourage all Ghanaians uh, to follow that example. And uh, there's another reason, uh, and that is the fact that uh, uh, Professor Frempan Boateng, after uh, studying and working, researching in Germany, um, decided to come back to Ghana and to serve his country. And indeed, um, this is something that Fripombati himself said in my interview with him, that he returned and that he feels, what, what has he done wrong? Mm -hmm. And this endorsement is coming just two days after the news, you know, became public it, 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 that he had been invited. At, well, the special critics have told us that he mm -hmm. was actually asked, directed to come. Yeah and subsequently arrested. And that has not deterred the German ambassador at all from this talking about extolling his virtues and, and the achievement that he's done and, and giving him an endorsement and asking all of us to emulate it. <laughs> Instructive words, Evans. But uh, we're not clear as to why the uh, Germans decided to honor Professor Frimpon Boateng just two days after that incident. And now that we're learning, yes, or, or, of course, of the before. decision by the Office of the Special Prosecutor to uh, investigate him. Uh, but then, what What's instructive is that you find this diplomat coming back again to our domestic affairs to say when it comes to the fight against illegal mining in Ghana, he will uh, nominate Professor Frimpon Boating as a role model. That, that's a very big statement to be making at a time when, of course, investigations are going on uh, around, around, around matters relating to illegal, illegal mining. mining. So is it the case that a German ambassador and by extension a German government is saying, we believe his side of the story and it will be crucial uh, because we need the Germans now that we're running an IMF program. Yeah. We have some economic and, and, partnerships and, and, and going on with them. And just to put it in the German ambassador has been very controversial of late. In uh, recent times. What about Frimpong Watting So himself? for Professor Frimpong Watting himself, he's elated, of course, uh, honored by the decision by the German government to honor him. Uh, he continues to talk about what he's passionate about, which, which Evans, he says, is the issue about illegal mining. Now he brings it and connects it to the imminent ban uh, that that or i mean sanction that is likely to happen he says that it shouldn't be about the sanctions we should be more concerned when it comes to the issues of illegal mining about the possible effects on ourselves as a nation uh, if a forest or a green area is left they say oh why are you wasting the land we should go and build there no it's not a waste because i always say that the trees are our pharmacy Oh, the plants give us the drugs that we use. 25% of all drugs we use in the hospitals are plant-based, are from plants. At the same time, the trees give us the oxygen we breathe, and then they take, our, take the carbon dioxide that we breathe out. So in a way, the trees are our lungs. And again, most of the food that we eat are from plants and trees. So the trees are our supermarket. So anytime we are planting a tree, we know we are establishing a supermarket, a pharmacy, or our lungs. A question whether Ghana is going to be sanctioned uh, by the international community for our failure to meet the targets. I'm not afraid of sanctions from uh, our partners, but the difficulties that we are going to have ourselves when we destroy our water bodies, we destroy the forest, we are no longer able to use the water, we are losing our biodiversity, people will be getting sick from pollution.
Mm. I, I want to bring in right now the public affairs manager of Cocobot, Fifi Boafo, who joins us now uh, via Zoom. Hello, Fifi. Thanks for your time here on Top Story. Hi, Evans. Uh, great to have you. I mean, this law, I mean, as we've just been hearing uh, from the German ambassador, is going to be enforced very strictly. Uh, Ghana will be suffering if indeed it's enforced because of the challenge we know uh, we're dealing with right now with illegal mining. How is the Cocoa Board uh, reacting to this, the passage of this law and the impending full enforcement? I've seen many countries have already been taking on the UN uh, because they passed this and allegation is that it was unilateral. What's what's your stance on this at the Cocoa Board? Well, for us, we've been engaging with the EU for the past two years on this law. Indeed, we made some recommendations and that informed some of the changes that we see in the law at present. Of course, not all the recommendations we made were accepted. So we've been working to ensure that we do not suffer the consequences of this law. I'm sure all of us are aware that Ghana has existing manual uh, traceability system that we are able to track cocoa from the district to the port of shipment. Of course, this does not qualify under the new arrangement by the EU. So Cocoa Board has developed an improved electronic uh, Ghana cocoa traceability system uh, with the cocoa management system, which we put uh, in place. This ensures 100% first-time traceability from the farm to the ports. So, so th this clearly uh, puts us in a position where we are in a position to account that indeed the cocoa we are shipping is one that uh, qualify under the EU traceability law which has been passed. So all cocoa from Ghana uh, has been specially been mapped with GPS and this ensures that we are in a position to say that our cocoa is not one that is produced from a forest reserve which the law does not permit us to do. Well, so. well it, like I read the specifics of the law, it talks about uh, uh, cultivated in a deforested area. Uh, and we know what is happening with cocoa. A lot of our, you know, forests, reserves or not, are being deforested. And if you look at the statistics, we've lost a significant uh, portion of our forest cover. That clearly is a challenge. Well, if you look at the law, it says that from December 2020, any cocoa that is planted within a deforested land. So the the, the starting point is 2020. And... The idea of the cocoa management system is that we are able to track every cocoa coming in. So if you have a cocoa farm and you are a farmer who has been registered giving a cocoa card, we are in a position to tell that farmer A or farmer E's farm is within this location. And if the farmer's farm is within a forest zone, then such a farm will be mapped out and the cocoa from that farm will not be taken over. So we are able to tell before, at the point of shipment, we are able to track the cocoa that is going to port A or port B, that this cocoa is coming from this particular farm, and that farm is outside the forest zone. And if you so clarify, are you suggesting that Cocoa Board itself is not buying from uh, individuals or organizations that produce or grow cocoa in areas that you deem deforested? So you are, you're making the decisions here before you export? So, mindful of the uh, consequences of what the law brings, we are ensuring that a farmer, for starters, is not even producing in a forest zone. 
going forward uh, from October this year, before a farmer will be able to sell cocoa to Ghana Cocoa Board for export, that farmer will come with a cocoa card. The, before you get a cocoa card, you should have been registered and then through the registration process, we do the GPS mapping of your farm. And if the farm is within a forest zone, then you do not qualify as a cocoa farmer because this system we are developing, we superimpose it on that of the Forestry Commission. So we can tell a farm that is within the forest zone and such a farmer is disqualified as such. So the system we have developed now, make sure that if you are within that zone, you do not even for first for starters even qualify to be a cocoa farmer who will supply cocoa to Ghana Cocoa Board. Very interesting times indeed. And this will begin, you say, in October this year? October this year. Indeed, um, at the recent meeting organized by the European Union where Ghana showcased what we've done in terms of developing the cocoa management system, it, it was a model most of the countries felt that it was advanced, it would take them a longer period to get there. So this system takes into consideration all the things the European Union are looking for. To, of course, apart from issues of deforestation, there are issues of uh, child labor, which is also another leg of it. But in terms of deforestation, yes, that system deals with all the concerns that have been raised in the law. Uh, Fifi, thank you very much. I want to quickly bring bring in the Deputy National Director of uh, Rocha Ghana, uh, the Environmental Non-Governmental Organization, uh, Daryl Bosu. Hello, Mr. Bosu. Thanks for time here on Top Story. Uh, good evening, my brother, and thank you for having me. I mean, just been listening to the cocoa board there, um, and the German yeah. ambassador has been talking uh, about the strict enforcement of this law that was passed in, in April, um, which will affect Ghana. You've heard the interventions that cocoa board is planning to roll out to try and mitigate the impact on us. Your quick reaction? Yes, I, I, th I think we have all been following this um, EU regulation. And um, we are very happy that um, Cocoa Board is taking all the necessary steps to ensure that farmers are complying to some of the key aspects of the regulation, which requires that there's no cocoa production really driving deforestation. So I think it's another, and we certainly agree with um, the position of the Cocoa, um, cocoa Board, and I, I believe that that is the way to go. Maybe one other thing we would in turn ask the EU to look at is possibly looking at a similar regulation that really um, addresses um, illegal mining and also the export and trade in illicit gold, gold coming from deforested area, because it is the gap within the EU regulation. Yeah, because, I mean, but, 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 but Darrell, yeah. um, if you listen to the German ambassador, this law as it is currently will still have an impact on the challenge with illegal mining because he makes the point if the cocoa is coming from an area that has been deforested either by the planting cocoa itself or by some other factor the mere fact is coming from a deforested area if the cost is illegal mining it will still be affected yes yeah, so the cocoa will be affected but that does not stop us from selling our gold anyway yeah but you know that, that that, that that, that, I, I get the gold I, it, it will affect us selling our cocoa to Europe. It will. Yes. Exactly. And, it, and, and you know that cocoa is one of the key, um, I would say, foreign exchange for Ghana, but also we have gold. So if we are not able to sell our cocoa to, to, to Europe, I'm sure there are several other markets. And that is where there are already loopholes. And I'm saying that whilst we are looking at cocoa and also having a regulation that is addressing that, 
we also should look at other commodities because as you know once we see there's a loophole in the system we always try and take advantage of that if you can't sell our cocoa at least we can sell our gold and that in itself can enable ghana to still keep um, having the leeway to ensure to really not even deal with the, the menace of of, of and then the other point that has also been raised which i think is also very crucial is the fact that we really do not have to just focus on the regulation by the eu but we need to focus on the impact of this menace of mining and deforestation on our own lives here in the in ghana and that is for me a very significant factor that really should even drive us to first of all take all the necessary action and steps to, to really nip Galamte in the bud. Our water bodies are being polluted. Now, the EU is thinking about the health of its people by saying that your cocoa should not drive deforestation, it should not have some trace chemicals and all of that. What is the government of Ghana doing to protect the health of Ghanaians? We are being exposed to polluted environment, being exposed to polluted rivers and streams and all of that. What is the government doing? If we are only acting because a regulation is making some demands of us, and that is the only reason why we act, then that is unfortunate. I think as, as a government, we owe a responsibility to secure the health of our citizens. And, and indeed, uh, they do. Um, thank you very much, Daryl, with uh, the environmental uh, NGO, uh, Arocha there. And, and talking about the impact of illegal mining, as you've been hearing already now, cocoa, is going to be affected because of the uh, export challenges now into Europe. Uh, and that's why uh, today uh, there's a press statement uh, by the media coalition against uh, Galamse, and they are taking this fight seriously. They've issued a statement uh, following up on the Akunta mining uh, alleged involvement in illegal mining, and they've been meeting uh, with the police. I have with me the convener, uh, Ken Ashigumi. Mr. Ashigumi, thanks for the time here on Top Story. Um, what's the update on this matter? Well, thank you very much, Ivan. Uh, so we had a meeting with uh, uh, a senior officer who was delegated by the CID Director General to meet us. This was after we had petitioned the IGP, and the IGP had forwarded the uh, petition to the Director General CID. But for a very long time, we were not hearing anything. And you also remember that myself, um, Martin Pebuton, and you, and uh, my colleague, the four of us, also had petitions. And even on that end as well, we were not really hearing that much. So we wrote again to the IGP and we followed up with the IGP, and then the call was made. Uh, the Director General herself did not meet us. He asked the Superintendent of Police to meet us. And so we expressed our disquiet about the fact that, you know, this is a petition that was accompanied with a lot of evidence, including the Minister of Land's uh, statement, the Minerals Commission statement. There was video footage of the fact that damage has been done. There was evidence of the police themselves having had to intervene between a clash between the people of Samraboy and the Akuntamaini. So there was ample evidence to take this case and get some prosecution done. And we were disappointed that we're not also hearing anything in the press, you know, that any active, any action has been taken. And so when we met, they apologized and they told us that there was some action happening. But uh, we asked them that whatever support we could give, we would do. And then it was really important if we really wanted to avert this eminent threat, as the German ambassador is saying, the others that come from Japan, when it comes to your sustainable source 
of income that is your cocoa and even your legitimate gold could now be classified as a gold that was causing you know such damage to our people it was important that the police also indicated that level of seriousness and then they ensured that this case you know was actually completed uh, they completed the investigations and then gave it to the attorney general to get prosecution to happen and hopefully the judges would also look at the evidence available and make sure mm-hmm. that the directors of Akuta mining are punished according to the men of the mining as amended you didn't get the assurances you were hoping to get from the police hello ken did you get the assurances you were hoping for when well we were given some assurances then but you see Evan, what should happen is that you notice that in the constitution sovereignty lies with the people the same constitution also gives you the media uh, the mandate to hold leadership to account of the people and then the president in his inaugural address told us that we should be citizens but not spectators so the assurances have been given but for this assurance to mean anything it would mean that the likes of joy fm and the multimedia uh, you who have already been doing this you also follow up with the director CID and then to the Attorney General, and then when the case gets into court, ensure that we really would follow up to the, for this thing to happen. We need to ensure that there will be no political interference so far as this case is concerned. And there are other cases in court as well that we need to ensure that uh, you know we see prosecution. If you remember the Attorney General, when he reported on cases that have been dealt with, look into those cases, which pe- people who are well connected people politically exposed people were involved were named as part of those who have been uh, successfully prosecuted so that has to change so we need to ensure that uh, the Bosome uh mc for example former mc who was found caught on tape confessing to an illegality the minerals and mining act is thrown at him not some administra- uh, administrative procedure we need to ensure that uh Ichawan, for example that prosecution happens and we get the maximum sentence uh, for it Thank you, Ken. Well, Ghana has been planting trees today. The president himself did plant a tree. And he has been speaking at this year's Green Ghana Day a tree planting exercise at the University of Ghana and called on every Ghanaian to plant a tree as a contribution towards a 10 million uh, uh, per day target set by the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources. Also restating uh, his government's uh, commitment to protection of the environment will continue to explore all avenues to enhance our forest cover through our forestation and reforestation program and protect our natural resources through community-based management and conservation initiatives. Today, your contribution is to step out, take a seedling, plant it, and make sure it grows. I encourage each and every one of you, my fellow Ghanaians, and indeed, all persons living in Ghana, young and old, men and women, urban and rural, to join me on this historic day in this national tree planting. Well, the Lands and Natural Resources Minister Samuel Abujinapo also asked Ghanaians to step out there and plant a tree. The 2021 planting, we have 80% plus success rate. And the 2022, we have 70% plus success rate. Speaker, let me use this opportunity to thank you, right honorable speaker, for your leadership and, and for your support in this endeavor. And Mr. Speaker, uh, I'm happy to observe that all the trees you planted on the premises of parliament 
are doing very well. The pandas tell us that from 1900 to date, we have lost about 80% of our forest cover. This calls for aggressive afforestation and reforestation. And just because the Green Ghana Day is one of the efforts government and the country is making to restore the lost forest cover of our country, thereby contributing to the noble effort of the world at halting climate change. Well, tell you what, I mean, this week has been dominated by news around illegal mining and the role of uh, senior officers either in government or outside. And you've heard extensively from Professor Frimpon Boating, who used to chair the Interministerial Committee Against Illegal Mining. He himself was a former environment minister. Well, tomorrow on News File, uh, Kisia Jabing, who is a special prosecutor, will be hosted by Samsung Ladeyenini in an exclusive interview. Uh, Samsung joins us. Samsung, uh, this is one that we can look forward to, especially having heard this week from Prakumarati himself and what had happened when he visited the special prosecutor. I don't see all right. We <coughs> clearly have a duty to hold the special prosecutor to account um, so people need to know how far the special prosecutor